Well, good morning, Graceway family. Pastor Ed here, and this morning I'm going to launch us into some conversation through our readings from this week, primarily from John chapter 11, and it goes a little bit into chapter 12. Uh, but before I do, I want to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day, and I hope that you have a wonderful day today and are spoiled uh, by your husbands, by your children, and have a great day. So the bulk of the reading this week was carrying us through the story of Lazarus and a really inspiring story to see uh, just the way that Jesus carried himself and the things that he said and what we can glean from that. And, and I can tell you some of the encouragement that I took away from this story um, are, are really kind of two things that really uh, just kind of strengthened my faith and where I learned from here that we can not only know God's will, but along with knowing God's will, we actually have an active role to play in that will and in him fulfilling that will and 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 accomplishing his purposes here on the earth. And so I'm not going to take a lot of your time. I just want to highlight a couple things from uh, what jumped out at me in the story. And, and so now if you go into the beginning of John chapter 11 and, and it tells us, the, it sets the scene, Lazarus is there sick. He's with his family, and so they send word to Jesus to let him know what's going on. And now, you'll you'll catch this now, just in the first couple of verses of chapter 11. When he first caught word, his first response was, this sickness does not end in death, and it is actually for God's glory that this is occurring. And then it says that he took his time and stayed another two days where he was before he even thought about turn around and going to visit Lazarus. Now this in itself was something that um, didn't fit the culture of the time because it was it was part of their custom that when someone actually became ill and then word was sent to a family or a very special loved one, that the custom was you come and you visit that person because they sent that notification because something is seriously going on and this could be, you know, the last goodbyes. And so Jesus is kind of breaking the custom of the time just by not responding that way. You know, it was, it was almost uh, seen as like a, a disregard. It could have been seen as, as a disrespect, really like, oh, maybe Jesus didn't his, him, consider himself as close of a friend that Lazarus thought he was. Um, but he takes his time, but it's very intentional and it's on purpose. And I always um, draw myself back to remember everything Jesus did and said was on purpose. There was intention behind every, the, every way that he moved. His immediate response to their to receiving this message was, this is for God's glory. He knew it right away. And if you think about it, it's similar to a situation just a couple of chapters prior. Remember when the disciples came upon the man who was born blind and they come and they asked Jesus, why was this man born blind? It is for God's glory that this occurred. I think it's so cool that not only did he know God's will for this situation, but he declared with faith and with power, it is for God's glory that this occurred. In one sense, you can think about it this way. How would he know that it was for God's glory? Well, any situation that occurred that was brought into the hands of Jesus, brought into the hands of God, is going to work out for God's glory. Just like it says in the scripture, it reminds us that we can walk with that same kind of faith. Any situation that we come upon and put into the hands of God is going to work out for his glory. That's a fact. When we give it into his hands, he has a way of redeeming the situation no matter what 
is going on, no matter how severe that is, when we put it into his hands and let him take over, he will redeem the situation and use it for the good of all those who are loved and called according to his purposes. But he was so sure always about God's will. And I think it's easy sometimes for us to think that's what differentiates. I mean, this is Jesus. We're talking about Jesus here. We're, we are not God. So he can know God's will in a heartbeat. Um, for us, sometimes we got to stumble and fumble around a little bit and uh, just kind of hope we get it right. But that's not what the scripture tells us. You know, I think about Romans chapter 12 in verse 2. It says that we can actually know and approve God's will. And, and this is how Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, it says this. Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul, he says, Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when we take and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice into the hands of God, when we refuse to conform to the patterns of this world and instead allow the spirit to transform us and our mind becomes renewed by his word and by his spirit, then we know, we can know the will of God, even as Jesus did. It's not this far off concept, but we can move with confidence through this world because we're in tune with the spirit, the spirit who knows the mind of Christ dwells in us. And when he renews our mind, now we grow and we have that mind of Christ too. And we can walk with that assurity that the Lord wants us to have as his children. Now, two days pass and the time to return to Lazarus comes. So Jesus speaks up and he tells his disciples it's time to go. He says, uh, Lazarus is dead and I, I need to go wake him up. And isn't that interesting too? His first statement upon hearing that Lazarus was sick, this does not end in death. And before he even heads in Lazarus' direction, he says, Lazarus is dead. The truth of the matter is the story wasn't over. Lazarus' death was halfway through the story. It wasn't all the way to the end. <laughs> and I think that's a good encouragement for us to remember. Sometimes it looked like the situation is dead. It's hopeless. Any hope that did exist is well past its time. It has expired. And now we move on and just kind of hope for the best in the future but when Jesus is in the situation, death is only halfway through. There is more yet to be done. He's, he tells his disciples, it's time to go back. So let's go do this. And, and he actually tells them this too. I'm glad that I wasn't there. I'm glad that I wasn't in the situation. Now, think about this. Knowing the death that occurred, the heartache that Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, were going to feel, all of his loved ones, the heartache and, the, and the, the grief that they were going to experience. And Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there. How could he be glad about this situation? Think about it. He is halfway through the story. As difficult as it is to get through this hard part, he saw ahead into the overwhelming joy that they would experience when they saw him walk out of that grave. And then beyond that, remember, everything is an intentional on purpose. It's not about an emotional roller coaster. It's about the purposes of God and the glory of God. And he's glad he wasn't there because he would be able to walk into the situation, call this man back to life, 
and that all of the disciples who watched this happen would strengthen their belief and their faith would grow in him. He's glad because this is a growing learning experience. And this is how we grow today through trials and through some of these hard times. This is how we learn and this is how we grow. The Lord always has our good in mind and we can be sure of that. Now watch this, just a few verses forward as Jesus is, has arrived on the scene, he's encountered by Martha and Mary and he sees all of the loved ones there, the crowd that was there. And this is again, part of their customs. They come together and they mourn together. They grieve together. And so he sees them, they lead him to the tomb where Lazarus had been laid. And it says that he was so moved by Mary and Martha and all those crying that he wept. Now, remember the story, though. He has God's purpose in mind. He knows the end result. He knows in just a few moments that Lazarus is going to be walking out of that grave and breathing once again. And still, he is so in tune with these people that he loves with all of his heart that he's moved with empathy and compassion for them and identifies and relates to their mourning and he weeps with them. This is our Jesus. He is not detached from our emotions. He is with us uh, right through them and carries us through to accomplish the purpose that whatever we're going through uh, is trying to, what, he, what he's trying to do with that thing, he accomplishes that purpose and carries us through and he's with us even through it feels like the emotions are just kind of up and down and up and that's not the purpose there's a bigger purpose in mind and he's trying to strengthen our faith he's trying to build us up and the stronger our faith becomes the more even keel we remain through the hard times that come we don't get these extreme highs and these all oh, these lows and no, no no we know just like jesus when he was approached with a circumstance this is for god's glory and the peace was steadfast, unmoved. Now, before he calls Lazarus out of the grave, he speaks to Martha. He looks at Martha and he says this. He says, I am the resurrection. This is verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's speaking to Martha. He then goes on and demonstrates his power to accomplish the very thing that he just told her he's able to do. He gave them a real life object lesson of what he said, what he had told them was going to happen. Here, watch, I can actually accomplish this. These are not just these far off ideas. They're right here before your eyes now. He's on the scene. And uh, now check this out. Though. This, the, the last observation I want to I want to take away from this is he's standing before the tomb, and in front of the tomb had been a stone that was rolled over there. And take a look at his first words in that passage. He looks at some of the people there and he says, take the stone away, roll the stone away from the grave and unblock the way. And their first response was not to run to that stone and roll it back. Look at, he was first, they were hesitant to do that because look at what the woman said to him and said, He's been there four days now. The body is going to stink. Like they're, they're actually hesitant to respond to Jesus's instruction for embarrassment's sake. Like the, the body is dead. It's, it's already starting to decay and rot. It's going to smell like, don't do that to Lazarus. Don't do that to us. Just 
you know, but really it was a lack of understanding of what was just about to happen. And so he reassures and and so they go ahead and they they roll away the stone. And now check this out. Now this is this is something I want to make sure that we we take away. Jesus is there and he is bringing a man back to life. But the way it all plays out, he did not do it on his own. He calls the crowd and he says, some of you step up and roll the stone away. Even when God works in the most powerful ways, there is a a role for people. People are involved. The community actually plays a part in what God is doing in our midst. And so he speaks, Lazarus, come out of the grave. And all of a sudden he rises up, comes walking out in his grave clothes. And what's Jesus's next instruction? Take off his grave clothes and let him go. Here's the community. Here's their part to play. Remove the stone, unbind him and let him free. There is a role for us to play, even in the mightiest works of God. We are here with his spirit empowered by him to do his works and his will. And sometimes the part may be a a, a bigger part that draws some attention. and And sometimes the part for us to play is just off in the corner and no one would ever know that we're there, but he does and he sees it. And without that, the the situation wouldn't exactly play out the same way. He says, remove the stone, take off his clothes, let him free. And now they all rejoice together at the fulfillment of what Jesus said could happen, has happened, and they all rejoice together. So all said and done, my biggest takeaway from this week is this, is we can not only know God's will and and do that will, but we are called to play a role in fulfilling what he is doing in this world. Even in our own context, we have a, a role to play. He wants us involved. He wants to work and partner with us in this world. So... I'm not going to take any more of your time. I'm going to launch out into your groups and have a great dialogue together. Uh, and Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your example, for showing us um, your power, uh, for your, showing us your steadfastness, your peace. And I thank you for your spirit, which enables us to live the way that you demonstrated. We love you in, in Jesus' name. Amen.